Oh my god, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I love the applause. It feels correct. I feel seen. I feel validated. It's me, everybody's favorite bond. <laughs> Bond, blonde bombshell crossdresser Miss Chardonnay, and this is my show, Pour It Up, where I'll be doing a deep dive into the pop culture of last week, and actually a little more than last week, because it's been more than a week since my last episode, but this only means we have more ground to cover, so let's hit the ground running and dig, dig right in. One thing I will say, my name is Chardonnay. And, just like the wine, I'm cheap, white, and will get you drunk. Which is why for every episode, I'll be drinking some wine, some Chardonnay, just to get in the mood. I encourage all of you to do the same. Doesn't have to be wine. You can have tea, coffee, water, whatever floats your boat. But I will be tasting a wonderful Chardonnay. And this week, my drink of choice is Wild Pig... And I've had it right. It's very fruity. I do like the taste. And I'm looking on the website right now. I'm not sponsored, but honey, credit where credit is due. And this is a good time wine. And just like the fat bastard in the last episode, Wild Pig is something that I've been called before. And where is the lie? So let's see. Our philosophy. Wine is a perfect companion for moments of pleasure and friendship. And ideally, this is what this podcast is all going to be about. Pleasure and friendship and pop culture. So, honey, cheers to all of you. I hope you're enjoying yourself and I hope you're ready for half an hour of pop culture and fun. So, let's dip right in. I don't know what word I'm saying. <laughs> I want to say let's dive right in, but also let's dig right in. So, best to do both. Best to dig before you dive or you're going to hit your head. So... Gonna have a little sip. And I like the wine, so <laughs> I don't care about the rest. And let's dish because we have to talk not about the wild pig in the room, but the elephant in the room. And this week, that is the coronavirus. For once, I'm not the elephant in the room, but I would be amiss to not mention this because it's it's all the everybody's talking about it. Everybody's noticing it because toilet paper is sold out, people are panicking, unis are closing down, whole countries and regions are on lockdown. And honey, it is a struggle. And yes, I will say this because I'm a, I'm a good time girl. I'm always here for a little fun, for making light of a situation that might bother some people and you're going to make a joke to be more comfortable with it. Granted, no problems with this. But I will say Yes, we're young and healthy, most of us, so it's probably not going to affect us directly, but it could turn us into carriers, and then <laughs> it's going to spread to elderly people, to people with a heart disease, to people with a lung disease. So, well, we might not die from it, we might contribute to somebody else possibly being infected and dying. So let's remember that, okay, yeah, we can joke about it, like the flight prices are going down, and it's like, school's out for a couple of weeks. You know, all in good fun, but also remember people are panicking, people are literally dying of it, and especially people just stocking up on all of the food and the necessities in the supermarkets. I get it, yeah, I've stocked up on toilet paper in reasonable amounts, but then also think of the elderly people in society. Imagine if you're a retiree and you don't have the means to like drive around town to go to a specific supermarket so you have to shop to the store that's next to your house because maybe you're too old to drive maybe 
you there's something with your legs you're too old you're too frail you can only go to the supermarket next to you and you want to buy toilet paper and i don't know like canned beans and you can't because everybody's been buying those shelves empty so make sure to remember that there's people who can't ride all the way across town and get the stuff there don't buy everything because there's people who need it and that is one of the dangers that isn't the virus itself but then the panic that follows so everybody let's just stay calm follow the rules wash our hands don't touch our face use hand sanitizer and try to get this thing over with because <laughs> the entire world it seems is shutting down italy has quarantined its entire country spain is shutting down and people are just getting infected and dying left and right the one thing that I have an issue with is is that, for example, in Spain, schools, unis, kindergartens are shutting down. So the children stay home with their parents, but the parents still work, which means the children go to the grandparents' house so they can look after them. <laughs> but then the children are the ones that are going to be the most, like, running around, playing with each other, touching each other, spitting at each other, whatever. So they're going to get the virus, probably not going to die from it, but then these carriers of the disease are going to be stuck with the grandparents who are literally the group <laughs> that is going to most easily get infected and die. So something doesn't add up. But for me, it's just like an example of the world going to a real extreme situation and to see how different societies react to it. It's, it's crazy. And also very frightening. Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson have now disclosed they have the virus. Uh, Sophie Trudeau, wife of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, she's infected, she's quarantined herself. The NBA has cancelled its entire season, which, I mean, doesn't affect my viewing schedule, but I'm sure they have many fans. Uh, air travel has been suspended from Europe to the US. I saw a video of Whoopi Goldberg uh, on The View talking to an empty audience because no one's allowed in the studios. DragCon has been cancelled. They're thinking about possibly cancelling Eurovision Song Contest. It's insane. Literally everything, any plans you made are basically nil. One thing that is happening is the Met Gala, um, first weekend of May. Uh, but then also basically the entire fashion industry, such a big part of it is set in Italy. <laughs> How are they going to get to New York City for the Met Gala? So let's see if that actually ends up happening. I get it. People bought a ticket for 35,000 euros or dollars. But I think, <laughs> I think that'll also be a large gathering of more than 100 people. So maybe overthink that and a winter. And one thing that many people disregard is that especially in the performing arts, Many people are really struggling. A friend of mine, who some of you might know, is a dance teacher and drag queen and suffering tremendously from this because the dance schools have been closed. So he's basically stranded without an income. And I thought she better tell you this herself because she is not only a fierce performer, she's also my drag sister. And I thought it's the perfect time to add a segment where she can spill all the beans. So talking about coronavirus, it's vanity love in tea with vanity. Well, so this is the tea with vanity. And um, well, what we're all dealing with right now is coronavirus personally is affected me because as an artist, teaching my dance classes or working at a cafe, this have all been cancelled already. And um, it's hard, right? Because it's 
And that's why artists and a lot of people in the industry, I think they have been really trying to um, trying to not believe that this is actually going to be a reality. Uh, I've seen it all around. And it's because when something has such a tie to your economic vulnerability, uh, something like this, where the third things to be canceled are the things that you really make an income from, uh, you feel insecure. You feel like you don't want to believe in it. And I think it's important to believe in it. But now more than ever, I think it's uh, something that we should recognize that artists, everyone is struggling, but artists and entertainers who are already in an economically vulnerable position because they're mostly freelancers and don't have a lot of infrastructure supporting them are going to be suffering. So let's see how that reality is going to go for us um, and see how governments may or may not react to these things and how the civil society is actually going to be aware of what's happening and helping us out and finding new ways to make income. Yes. I mean, thank you, Miss Vanity Love. <laughs> That's the wrong sound. Thank you, Miss Vanity Love. That's better. She's not scary. She's actually really nice. So thank you, Vanity, for contributing and for sharing your point of view, which I think many people just don't know about because other people are like, oh, I'm going to have to do home office and work from home. But if you're a dance instructor, it's just not an option for you. And then you're just standing there desperately needing money to live. So... Yeah, if if you if there's any way people can contribute to that, maybe book private gigs, private lessons, um, that of course helps. But yeah, it's a pr it's a problem that all of us kind of need to approach and deal with. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how all of this pans out and when it will actually like hit its peak and then decline. I heard in Wuhan where the um, where it's the spread started of the coronavirus, they have it more or less under control the number of, of uh, infections is going back rapidly so it seems that there's hope for an end of this but i just don't know when this will be in europe especially because uh, in countries like italy and spain and most other countries too but especially in those two it just seems to be getting worse and worse so it is troubling times but um yeah so this is uh, an issue i really wanted to address because i think it affects all of us right now but uh, now i'm gonna go back into good old pop cultures and celebrity culture which is a little more on the light side of things but i did feel i wanted to share this with all of you because honey it is the truth and it is reality so better to be informed and now into celebrity culture because we have to pop culture queens to pop music queens i'm using queen very loosely here because they are controversial one of them has won at least one grammy the other one has never both of them have many fans many haters and i will say i'm not the biggest fan of either of them but i respect what they do and especially with those news that i just got one of them is Katy perry and <laughs> Like 10, 12 years ago, I will say there were some songs that was like, this is the bop, I'm talking about Hot and Cold, I'm talking about Teenage Dream, California Girls with Snoop Dogg, and like the Ice Cream Cone Bra. Iconic moment in time, I must actually say, yeah. And if I hear Hot and Cold, if I hear I Kissed a Girl, I'm like, yes, turn it up, this is a throwback, I'm happy. I don't know what happened to her afterwards, I just lost interest in her, and then I, I felt like, I wasn't the only one, and I also felt that Katy Perry noticed that. That public interest in her was declining, and her songs weren't doing as well as she wanted them to. She had Raw, but then um, there was like a moderate success, but 
her her career just didn't take off as much as she hoped it would and it showed that she was aware of that because she just came across as trying really really hard and if there's one thing you don't want people to to think of you is that you're trying really really hard and just not getting there because you're just gonna come across as desperate and it did seem like this with Katy Perry. I remember her on American Idol, and then there was this this contestant who was like, "I've never had my first kiss," and then she kissed him, and then people were like, "Well, why why did you kiss him?" Like he didn't want to be kissed. It was like felt very uncomfortable because she kind of took advantage of him in this situation, and then she did this, this weird prank sketch thing where she was in a room under a table, and her head was like on a fruit platter, and then like people came in and and. Uh, the guide was like, oh, look at this. It's Katy Perry's head on a fruit platter. And then Katy Perry was like, oh, it's me. It's my actual head. And everybody was, it did. <laughs> all the people came in were just like, wow, okay. <laughs> so many things haven't worked out for her. You know, she keeps trying. And uh, now she's been dating Orlando Bloom for a while. They're engaged to get married. And Katy has revealed they are expecting their first child and you know what say what you will about her i'm not her biggest fan but she deserves happiness especially in her private life she released the song called never worn white which is also really beautiful and revealed her her pregnancy through this music video and i must say i was touched and i was like yes honey yes Katy perry more power to you because i remember this video of her being dumped by her then-husband, Russell Brand, by a text message, I think. And this was right before she had a show. And so she was backstage bawling her eyes out, crying, because of um, because her life was just crumbling before her eyes. But she still had to go on stage. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to allow myself these five minutes to cry, and then I'm going to pull myself together and go on stage and slay. And she did. And I must say, that is... That those those are the, the characteristics of of a true queen because yeah overcome that struggle honey we love to see it and for her to now be engaged to a very attractive man because honey Orlando Bloom <laughs> yes I did in my teenage years when I was just a baby not even queen queen at heart but not queen at face I would watch Pirates of the Caribbean I was like oof and he can jump on my ship any time. And um, Lord of the Rings, that long hair, iconic. Iconic, Orlando Bloom, all-time hardy. And now Katy Perry and him. You know, I didn't see it, but I was like, they like each other. Good for them, expecting a child. Nothing but my best wishes for the entire family. Lucky her. Orlando's a catch. And you know what? A family sometimes is the most important thing, sometimes more important than a musical career. I think actually most of the time it's what Nelly Furtado did. She kind of took a step back from the um, music business to just be more there for her family and to not have her career rip her life apart. And um, yeah, I think Adele did that too. And then her, her marriage kind of crumbled. So now she's back to music, which is good for us. But yeah, Katy Perry, good for you. Thumbs up. The other diva I want to talk about is Miss Taylor Swift. I know, controversial fave. We all have a lot, a lot to say about her. And most of us wish we didn't. But she she's carved out her niche in, in pop culture. And she was named Artist of the Decade, which I find questionable because um, Beyonce exists. But 
she released this documentary, Taylor Swift Miss Americana, and it was basically about her career from her being a child, a songwriter, and then just getting to where she is now, the whole Kanye controversy, and then her speaking out about um about her political affiliations. So she did came out uh come out as progressive and a lib uh not necessarily liberal but a Democrat, yeah. Support of the Democrats. And it's interesting, and I will say the documentary did show me the vast talent that Miss Swift has because she is a really, really talented songwriter. She writes her songs herself, and yeah, she might not be a natural performer, and her public image might come across as fake to many, but I will say she has talent, she knows how to sing, she knows how to write, and I have many songs on my Spotify that are, that are from her. I listen to it and I'm like, this is a good song, enjoying it. There's bops, there's like Shake It Off, which almost gets me in the mood. Then we have All Too Well from Red, like from way back, which is just beautifully written. Just one really beautiful song, one of her best. So she has talent. You might not love her, but you can't deny that. And then she released this new song to go along with um, this documentary called Only the Young which is about um, the young people in society, basically, are the ones who can change society, and especially in terms of election. They are the ones that can really, like, bring new fresh air into into politics and change things that have been, like, encrusted for such a long time. And, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I, for example, I'm, like, all of the candidates in the U.S. presidential race are, like, 70-plus, I think, Kamala and um, Pete... Buttigieg were the were two of the only ones who were below the 70 year mark and now that that most of them have dropped out uh, it's going to be Biden or Sanders and I'm just like you guys want to bring change but like I'm not seeing change I'm seeing another 70 year old man obviously anybody better than Trump but also I think it's time for y'all to step back and allow somebody who's a bit younger who's who's literally not retirement age to run the country it's time have some tea, relax. You've done your work decades in, in politics. Move on. <laughs> and so one thing that I also really liked about Taylor Swift recently, so she's just been impressing me left and right, is um, that she really kind of tries to expose double standards in society. What I mean by that is that in Miss Americana, she said um, she's just going to enjoy her fame while it lasts because she knows she's 35. No, no, she's... 31. She's born in 1989. So she's 31. It's me and numbers. It's a whole thing. So um, she said, name one female musical artist over 35 that's still thriving and successful. And she was like, you can count them on one hand, which is true. Madonna, Cher. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's actually tr uh, true because Society, that's what she said, doesn't really allow people, especially female artists, fame over a certain age because you just, yeah, you're just old. And then, like, the 17, 18, 19-year-old uh, girls are pushed to the forefront to keep it young, fresh, and exciting. And it's it's shocking, but it's also very true. And so this is ageism at 35, which for me is insane. 35 is so young. And the other double standard she exposes is a sexism. Because she has this song called The Man, and she did a thing I really liked because she released the music video for The Man. And she did drag. She was in drag, dressed up as a man, beautiful drag king, realness. 
And um, she actually looked like a mix between Jim Carrey and Joe from Netflix's You, which I'm not mad at, at either of those. And um, the message she sends is basically the same that Beyonce already made with If I Were a Boy back in 2008. Not necessarily as like in-depth and solely, but it's also due to it not being an R&B song, but a pop song. But the lyrics she in the chorus is, I'm so sick of running as fast as I can and wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again because if I was a man, I'd be the man. And she's not wrong. She absolutely is not wrong because, yes, a woman can try as hard as she, as she can. And at the end of the day, many men are still going to be like ahead of, of her because of the privilege because just by being a man they have an advantage and the same thing they're gonna come at her again and criticize her oh she's such a bitch oh she's doing this and that if she was a man doing the same thing people would be celebrating it and this is one of my issues I have with Ed Sheeran I mean ironically they're friends mm, Ed and Taylor but uh, honey Ed Sheeran performing next to Beyonce and Beyonce is wearing like a several thousand dollar full outfit makeup done hair done everything to a T then Ed Sheeran's standing there in like a dirty t-shirt I'm just like girl <laughs> try harder which is also the thing that's bothering me about um Louis Capaldi because I will say musically talented love his songs I will generally say beautiful beautiful songs singer songwriter yes and I do. Last week I talked about Billie Eilish. I will say, Louis Capelli, I see you being authentically yourself. You're being like, oh, I don't need to like dress up and be all fancy. Which, granted, yeah, do your thing. Be authentically you. I think it's a great example for kids to be like, um, you don't have to like dress up to, to be somebody else. If, if you want to be successful, you can just like be yourself. But then he's really like... It's not effortless. He's putting thought into how, how bad he looks. And um, he's n his hair, the, the way, like, the th circles under the eyes, then, like, the clothes. It's a curated image, make no mistake. Luis Capaldi knows how he wants to come across because he knows he wants to be super relatable. And um, to me, it's just, like, the message you should be sending is be yourself, but not to... to make no effort at all because I think the example you should s s set to your fans is if you get an award yeah make yourself look nice presentable and and not just be like yeah I don't give a fuck about all of this look at me in my dirty t-shirt <laughs> I'm not a fan you might disagree with me if you disagree send me a message it's sha.d.nay on Instagram and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because those are my thoughts and at the end of the day it's my show so sorry about it <sighs> yes, so Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, good for you. Thumbs up to the both of you. Mm, moving on from celebrity and music to movies and TV, because I saw announcements slash trailers for two upcoming movies. And I must say, one I like, one I don't. Let's start with the one I like. Pixar is Pixar production company that has rarely let me down. Rarely. There's a lot of Pixar movies I really, really, really love. Inside Out was great. Just because they always... You can tell there's some thought put into it. And there's actually like a deep message. I just appreciate that. And this makes the movies that aren't just enjoyable 
for kids, but for their parents, because it's universal messages that everybody can relate to. Especially like Inside Out, it's such a good example of that. And I feel like uh, the upcoming movie Soul is similar to that. So from what I get from the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, because it's in the trailer, it's a successful musician who's voiced by Jamie Foxx, who uh, then falls down a manhole and dies and so his soul is like on the way to heaven and he tries to escape because he's like no no i'm not i'm not done on earth and then instead of going back to earth he kind of like flips into the pre-world so it's not the afterlife but the pre-life so where all of the souls uh, assemble before they uh before they enter earth and inhabit a person basically so it's before they're being born into a body And so um, there's a soul voiced by Tina Fey and she doesn't want to go to Earth because she's like, what's the point in living a life on Earth if I'm going to die anyway? So um, I'd rather just stay here as a soul. I don't even want to go to Earth because it's not worth it. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. And Jamie Foxx's character is like, no, life is beautiful. I loved my life. I wish it hadn't ended. So um, I really, really, you have to go to Earth. You have to live life. And that's all I know. But I will say it made me very emotional. And I... (laughs) Also realize I've been saying, I will say, uh, approximately 50 times this podcast. I will say that. Mm. Yes. So, soul, good vibes, love a Pixar movie, feel good. I'm going to laugh, I'm going to cry, I'm going to get my life. And this is something I'll gladly pay 11.50 or whatever movies cost in Amsterdam, which I think is a lot of money. But also you're supporting the movie industry. You know what? From the looks of it, Soul is worth that. Check it all out. It hits the theaters in June 2020. Now, one movie that's been announced, there's no trailer yet, is the prequel of a movie I actually enjoyed. Because um, about a couple of years ago, the live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast. Disney's live-action remakes. Now, I know, unpopular opinion, but... I actually really love most of the live-action remakes. The thing is, for for me, it doesn't ruin the original because I can still appreciate and actually watch um, the original animated movies, especially now that Disney Plus is soon hitting the Netherlands and Germany. But um, just this movie, I don't see the need for. So what's been announced is a prequel to Beauty and the Beast, focused on the characters of Le Fou, played by Josh Gad, and Gaston, played by Luke Evans. The thing is, as great as the movie was, it was great because the story is a proven success with audiences, because the original was such a hit, and there's great songs, we all know it, we all love it, it's something familiar that's well made, presented in an in a different optical manner, so if you're into this way of presentation, you're going to enjoy it, because the story and the songs are good. It's just it's presented differently to you, wrapped differently, in a different in a different case. I enjoyed it. And now they're making a prequel <laughs> focused on two characters. So I'm like, it's yes, I, we 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 love an antagonist with a backstory. We love the Maleficent movies, Angelina Jolie, cheekbones, but Gaston is literally toxic masculinity personified. Do I want to f- do I want to watch a full like one and a half two hour movie of that? <laughs> no. And then Le Fou's character is basically the classic cinema trope of the desperate gay best friend lusting after the straight hunk. But the worst thing about it isn't these two very tired character tropes because we're going to see just them uh, doing things. I'm just like, 
I'm not paying 11.50 for that. No, thank you. I'd rather eat popcorn in the lobby, which at this rate is gonna cost me just as much. My problem with that, my main problem, is the fact that it's a prequel. So we know how it ends because it ends with Beauty and the Beast happening, which doesn't mean that there can't be like a full storyline, a narrative arc within the movie. But we know that there's not going to be any character redemption for this awful character of Gaston because of how bad he is in, in Beauty and the Beast and he meets his demise, he dies. We know there's not going to be a redemption for him. So we're just going to look at him being an awful person. And if the movie is about him becoming an awful person, um, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I feel like the only character exposition I need for Gaston is the song Gaston from the movie Beauty and the Beast where he tells me about eating like 12 dozen eggs every day when I'm like honey do your thing I know you're gonna die at the end spoiler alert so this is one movie I won't be watching Beauty and the Beast prequel no thank you next and thank you next is also what Netflix said um, to AJ and the Queen when they cancelled it <laughs> yes it wasn't the perfect show I must say I enjoy it I I watched the full thing. I think for a drag race a drag race fan, it's a fun show. It has RuPaul playing like a slightly fictional version of himself. There's a lot of himself doing drag performances which I enjoy because you don't really get to see that ever on the show. And there's so many cameos from all the drag race queens and it's fun and Jane Krakowski is in an episode and they do it her and Ru dance to Got to Be Real by Cheryl Lynn. It's just camp fun and gay. Is it good? Storyline, that's just, it's a plot hole after plot hole. And all of the characters are very one-dimensional. But if you like Drag Race, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Fun thing. Am I shocked that there's not a season two? No. What I am shocked about is that they ended it in a, not a cliffhanger, but like, where's the resolution? Like, who, who won the, no, we know who won the, the pageant, but like, are they going to go back to New York? Is Robert going to open up the diner at last? Or like the, the drag bar, whatever he had in mind. Because it just ends with them like sitting in the mud outside a farm with a stranger. And I'm I'm just like, um, closure? Never heard of her. Speaking of RuPaul, last week I got all into season 12 and I was like, why are there no trans girls on the show? And I stand by that. But I watched the first two episodes and... Uh, such a good cast what a strong cast literally one of the strongest casts we've seen in years all 12 of them are fierce i'm saying all 12 because there's one queen i, w I won't go too deep into this because she doesn't deserve the exposure but for those who haven't heard of it there's a queen on the show who was revealed to have a large-scale scam going on. I'm just going to say it. Her name is Cherry Pie. She was actually one of the preseason favorites for many. Expected to go very far in the season. Because the season, I, everything except the finale is already filmed. But then several men stepped forward and said Cherry Pie had created a fake persona under the name of Alison Mossy. And then created like an email account on social media accounts and um, messaged different men saying, oh, mostly aspiring actors, like this could be a big break, like sent them fake scripts and was like, you want to try it for this movie? You have to like film yourself doing this scene and send it back to me. But you have to take basically take steroids to be buff. You have to masturbate on camera and many men because they thought this could be their big break into show business did that. 
started taking steroids, like seriously harming their own health, and um, taking videos of themselves like masturbating or, or naked, sent it all to Sherry Pie, and obviously nothing ever became of it because Alison Mossy never existed. So Sherry just did that for her own, I don't know, pleasure. I don't know what she got out of it. I generally don't. So um, several men have stepped forward about this, and she has been disqualified from the show. And I must say, <laughs> here we go again. I must say that um, seeing her on the show was uncomfortable, knowing what she did. And I feel like for victims of her, it must have been even worse. Just seeing her do well on a show, she has been disqualified. But I, I don't know the spoiler or the elimination order of the season. But for me, if she would be eliminated in episode three, producers wouldn't say she's been disqualified because she's already out of the show. That makes me think she's still in the running in the finals. Because they said she's disqualified, won't appear at the, the finals taping. This to me, yeah. We're going to see a season of her doing well. I'm not happy about that. But then on the other hand, like I said, it's such a strong cast of queens that I don't want the others to suffer. But then the season already has kind of suffered through this. And then now Dragon was cancelled. And with Corona, we don't know if the finale is even going to be filmed anytime soon. So it's a whole thing. It's a a good season but it's tainted thanks to sherry pie so thanks for nothing alison mossy and in other tv news uh gossip <laughs> gossip girl is getting a revival and they've like cast all of the actors now which for me falls into the category of things literally nobody asked for because <laughs> i mean we already have high school musical the musical the show the musical just like this show with musical within a show within a musical within a show i'm just like what the fuck is wrong like are there no new ideas everything's just reboot and they're not even a good reboot i'm just like ugh. bring me elita season three oh which drops at the day of recording so yay but I, I don't need I don't need all that I don't need a new Gossip Girl if I like Gossip Girl I can rewatch Gossip Girl because it's a slightly problematic but enjoyable show so I don't know about that. And um, yeah, I don't think I'll be watching that. If somebody's watching that, let me know. Let me know how it goes. If it's fun, I'd love to hear it. It's not for me, but if it's for you, good for you, I guess. All right. So for those of you unfamiliar with my podcast, in every episode, I go through what's happened in pop culture recently, and then I decide who's been my favorite and least favorite person within pop culture. So the person who I like is getting a refill. I'm going to pour it up. And if I frown upon somebody, I'm going to have to pour them down the drain. Yes, so before I do that, because that's going to be the finale of my show, I have a segment that I call Bite-Sized Beauty. And it's something I found on the internet that I enjoy, that is fun, and that's just like a little tidbit, like a YouTube video I watched, something that was sent to me on, on Instagram, a meme, just something that makes me feel good and that I want to share with you. And this one is actually courtesy of another podcast that pointed this out to me, because I'm, I love listening to um, Mad Rogers and Bone Yang's Las Culturistas. <laughs> And they reminded me of a clip I saw years ago. It's Aretha Franklin, the queen, may she rest in peace, being asked about other divas in the music industry. And her response 
is the best. I'm not even gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna play it. Here you go, Aretha Franklin. You know, since your new album is about divas, I wanted to sort of throw out a few names of divas and sort of get your one-word reaction, sort of get your impression mm. of various singers. So when I say the, the name Adele, what comes to mind? Mm-hmm. Young one word. singer, good singer. Alicia Keys. Um, young performer, good writer, producer. Taylor Swift. Okay, great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Uh, uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney was a, a talent. Definitely a talent. She had a gift. And Sissy's baby. And let's sort of change genres a little bit. Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj. Hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one. <laughs> My favorite thing about this is not only her shading Nicki Minaj at the end, but also <laughs> that her response to Taylor Swift is... Um, Nice gowns, beautiful gowns, because that's all she has to say about her. It's so savage. I really love it because it's just, she's not mincing any words. She couldn't give two fucks about this. She's just like, yeah, you know what? At least she looks pretty. <laughs> Which I think is just really commendable because, you know, Aretha, bless you. If you could say one thing about Aretha, she was always being herself and she did not care what anybody had to say about it. And more power to her. We should, we should all aspire to be more like Aretha. Make sure you rest in peace. So, the bottle's almost empty. So I think it's time for a refill. And somebody's going down the drain. And the refill today for me is actually a toss-up. I'm gonna award it to two women. Probably unsurprising after this episode. They're not my favorites, but... I do like what they're doing. And this is Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift for, for speaking out about inequalities in society, ageism and sexism. And uh, Katy Perry for finding happiness in life. Because God knows she deserve it. Y'all girls, y'all get a refill. Thank you. Now who's going down the drain? And you know what, today's, today's episode should be about positivity because I've talked enough shit. So I'm going to end on a positive note. No person's going down the drain. I hope that fucking coronavirus goes down the drain. Shut it down. I hope everybody who is infected or feeling panicked about it is getting better. I hope that uh, people who are struggling and are in a country where they're not doing well because of it are finding help, assistance and, and peace and that as soon as possible we can get out of this nightmare situation so girl bye it's enough shut it down thank all of you speaking of shutting down let's shut down this podcast episode because it is time thank you all for listening to pour it up my name is chardonnay thanks for joining me on another pop culture roundup i'll be back next week to dish up whatever happens so i hope something happens otherwise i'm just gonna be drinking in the studio Either way, I'm going to have fun. I hope you had fun. Talk to you next time. Bye.